there. Welcome to Beauties and Banter, a lifestyle podcast where we are relevant, witty, and opinionated. Okay, y'all, the banter is brewing. It's time to sip some tea, so let's get into it. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) Well, hello, y'all. It's a new month. Welcome to March. And it is the first Sunday of the month. So here we are. And we took a little break for February, right? I guess we deserved Black History Month off. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just got to be black, black, blacker than black. (laughs) Well, I know both Renee and myself were doing a lot of travel during the month of February. So that's the main reason you did not hear from us. Um, So we are back on track now and kicking off this month with a new podcast. And um, March is Women's History Month. So we do want to dedicate this podcast to all our girls out there. And just share a little bit about some women who have made an impact in our life um, during Women's History Month. We want to be able to tell some her stories. So, Renee, I'll let you go first. I'm going to kick it off with my girl that I love so very much. I'm not going to tell you her name. I'm just going to give you her accolades first. And she has sold over 250 million records. She is a, uh, one of the world's best-selling music artists. She's earned 14 number one singles, 31 top 10 singles in the U.S., and 30 top 10 entries in the U.K. She's has, had Grammy Awards, American Music Awards, Billboard Award, Awards, uh, Guinness World Records, Forbes she's been in. She's mm-hmm. one of the highest paid celebrities. In 2012, 2014, Time named her as one of the most 100 influential people in the world in 2012 and 2018. And she's also an actress. She's also started her own um, business as well, too. Aside from that, she's got three fragrances that she launched. Mm -hmm. In November in 2015, she uh, launched a beauty and stylist agency named Frim, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's F-R-8-M-E. So I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't know how to pronounce it. And the business is based in Los Angeles and set up in order for artists um, uh, to assist artists in booking commercials, editorial shoots, and ad campaigns, and red carpet appearances. 2017, she launched her acclaimed cosmetics company. I'm not going to say who it is. In 2018, (laughs) She launched a lingerie brand. Oh, I know who and this it is. is not, you know who it is? Who is this? Who, who is she? Hey, Riri girl. Yes! It's none <laughs> other than my girl, Riri, Robin Rihanna Fenty. She is my one who I admire so much for all that she's done and all that she's become and where she came from and where she is today. She is slaying the game and telling her story. I I personally love how Rihanna has turned from a musician into a powerful 
businesswoman. And um, I think that she is the first African-American woman to have her own line um, in the LV fashion yeah. house. So she, mm-hmm, yeah, Fenty, which I, which separate from Savage Fenty, the lingerie separate from Fenty beauty, you know? Um, so that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. A very big deal. Wow. Awesome. So shout outs to the newer generation. I'm going to take it all the way back. 101 years to be exact. And my person that has made an impact on my life and who I want to celebrate is Katherine Johnson. Um, Some of you all may know her as one of the NASA scientists portrayed in the movie Hidden Figures. Her character was portrayed by Taraji P. Henson. And Katherine Johnson passed away this week at the age of 101 years old. And Katherine was the first Black woman to work as a NASA scientist. And she helped put the first man in space. So this astronaut specifically relied on her. And if you've watched the movie Hidden Figures, you watched how it all went down. Um, But when NASA was forming this, what they would call human computer department, she, along with Mary Jackson and a handful of other Black women, were some of the first Black women to be a part of this. And Katherine Johnson is one of, had been up until last week, one of the only surviving women that were portrayed in this film. But she particularly was the one that stuck out because it was her programs and algorithm and her calculations that ultimately made the first successful launch into space. So I own that movie. I watch it so many times. It's not even funny. Um, I cannot help but to cry. But I just think um, as a woman myself that works in the tech industry, I don't feel like I would be here without someone like a Katherine Johnson because she broke Mm -hmm. boundaries of not only gender, but race and the math, science and tech field. And to honor her, President Barack Obama gave her the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2015. She got to attend the Oscars in 2017. So I just think she has left a wonderful, beautiful legacy. And as a personal thing, my goddaughter actually honored her for her history project last month at her school. My goddaughter is nine years old, and she got first in regional division for her history project that focused on Katherine Johnson. So it's just so great to see um, how her legacy is impacting even the Z generation. My goddaughter is nine. She is multiracial. She is half Latina and half African-American. So I just want to give a personal history shout out to Katherine Johnson. And um, like I said, for everything that she's done to make um, careers available to women in um, the fields of math, science, tech, and engineering. 
Yes, Catherine has definitely paved the way to be making her story. Yes. Um, and there's a beautiful article that Dr. Mae Jeminson, the first black woman in space, uh, wrote this past week reflecting on the life of Katherine Johnson. So that's our Women's History Month blurb. So during the month of Women's History, we'll be bringing you more about um, women that have made an impact on our lives. So let's get into some tea now. <laughs> some hot topics. Shall we? Shall we? Sure. Well, speaking of hot topics, <laughs> I will start off because two weeks ago, I found myself in the middle of a hot topic when I was in New York City and I was an audience member on the Wendy Williams show. How you doing? How you doing, Auntie Wendy? <laughs> Y'all, after all the years watching, I was there, front and center. But but wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Y'all, I'm 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 happy for her, but I'm also mad at her because uh-uh. I told her that I I said make sure you tell Auntie Wendy that I said hello and I love her. Man, Toya <laughs> knows how much I love Auntie Wendy. I love me some Auntie Wendy. All I wanted her to do is just tell her, but I wasn't there. So, and I don't know when I'm going to go. And what did she do? She forgot, y'all. She forgot about me. I did forget. And she was right there. I spoke to her and was like, hey, Wendy. Well, I said, we love you. So maybe that kind of counts. Nah. (laughs) She actually was very gracious. So in between, so... I don't know why, because I know it's live, but for whatever reason, it totally freaked me out that it was live. I mean, girl Suzanne was right there counting us down, and um, Marco was hyping us up. DJ Booth was in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like live and crunk as she says that it is? Oh my God. Yes, I have to send you some videos I took when they were like getting it um, going for us. I mean, he, I mean, they get, Marco gets all up in the audience and they're getting to know you. They got the music going because they really want the energy there. And then it's just like, you hear that music live from, you know, New York. And she like walks out and it's like, wait a minute, we're officially on TV now. <laughs> so um, if you want to go back in the archives to February 17th, you will find me on, several times on camera um, because I was on the second row. Now, you all almost could have found me on a segment winning a vacation. So basically, I I was like, okay, do I want to do an Ask Wendy and make up some elaborate story to get on? <laughs> or I was like, hopefully they'll have a contest or something, right? So we're standing in line. And the guy is like, as he's checking us in, he's like, hey, does anybody, you know, really want to be on camera and have the opportunity for one of our contests? And I was like, yes. So he selected about like 10 of us. And we had to basically, you know, just show how much energy we had. He was like, y'all know I can't put y'all up there with Wendy and y'all don't have energy. So they basically had us all do a how you doing and introduce ourselves. So I made it to the top three. I will have you to know. And hey, he was how like, you doing? 
how you doing? This was a big deal because the contest was going to be to win an all-expense-paid vacation. Oh, damn, Gina. Girl, you know I was ready for it. But I will say, the chicky poo who won me out, she had on a really super cute outfit, so I know that mattered. I was cute, too. I had on, like, a silver metallic skirt. You can't see it on TV. And, um... And when she did her little intro, she spinned around in a circle and everything like that. So he ended up picking her. She was a little more high energy than me, but I got close. So if I would have really had like my own segment, because she basically had to like spin the wheel, answer a pop culture question, and then she won a vacation. But um, no, in between segments, Wendy came around to the audience. She was like, pointing out people. She was talking, she was pretty low key. It was funny because it was like, you know, in that chair, she's all talking crazy. But then in between, um, you know, people would talk to her and she was like, thank you. She was very like quiet and gracious. And afterwards, after the show was done taping, um, she like goes back, but then comes back out And just was like, thank y'all for coming and blah, blah, blah. Like, what was y'all doing this weekend? She talked for like five minutes. Now, you know, she doesn't do um, like hugging and like shaking hands. So she does like little fist bumps. And um, she like comes around and just kind of like if people want to take selfies or whatever. But she's not into all the touching, which coronavirus time, I can't blame her. Germs because germs. germs. Because germs. And because, you know, it's crazy people too. Somebody reach out and slap you or something. Because uh, she's so controversial. <laughs> and I was there on a day where she ended up in the news again, you know, calling for her to apologize because she made that joke about um, Drew Carey, the former host of, well, maybe he's the current host of The Price is Right. His ex fiance was killed and was thrown from a balcony. And she made, in reference when she was telling the story, she said something like, come on down. It was rather crass. And I do remember sitting in the audience like, "Mm, did she just say that? Because there's some still image of me that my sister captured from the (laughs) TV Uh -uh. where my face was like, "Mm." and she was like, girl, what was she saying right there to make you make that face? That's funny. Um, I know. But it was an experience, y'all. So I say, that was a cute little bucket list thing for me. I had been on the Jay Leno show years ago. I mean, years. When I was in college, we took a trip to LA. Um, And then in Chicago, I've been on in the Windy City Live audience. So those are always like fun experiences, you know? I've never been to uh, a talk show, but I will go to Wendy and I will go to Jimmy Fallon. Those are my two. Yes. And I will go to Ellen. Those are my three that I want to go to. And those are all free. Little known fact. All you do is go onto their website, submit for tickets. Um, and, you know, if you know you're going to be in town. So that's what we did. We knew we were already going to be in town. And Monday was a day we didn't have anything planned. And I submitted about about a month before we were heading on the trip and we got notified a couple of weeks in advance. So you could do it and then just plan a trip, you know, um, around it. 
I know back in the Oprah Winfrey show days, that's how they did it. You would submit and then you would find out in enough time to make travel plans to make it. So, so that's my hot topic contribution. <laughs> I was right there. And it was on a Monday. So, you know, Monday is no oh, celebrity guest. That's guests. my favorite thing. Yes. So that was really when I was like, oh, it's a Monday. So our chances of having some type of contest is um, going to be increased. So then, oh, I didn't tell you this. So I was like on the Ask Wendy thing, they have you write it all out on paper. And while you're waiting, they select it. So I just wrote something bogus. Like, I don't even remember. Oh, I think I wrote, should you accept a gift from an ex? Well, but because the guy had like flagged my name as like one of the finalists, they come calling me up for the Ask Wendy thing. And I was like, I don't want to be on for Ask Wendy. Uh uh-uh. uh. So I basically had to tell the producer no. And I was like, it's not my situation anyway. It was like a friend. Um, because he was like, Well, you didn't make this, but like your energy is good. Like I think you it was me and like another guy actually uh would be good for Ask Wendy. But I'm like, mm-mm. But you know, they actually select like five or six people, but they only end up getting the one or two because they had selected five or six people, but they only got this one guy. So, mm. TV magic, child. They get to what they can get to. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay. What else is going on? Well, bucket list-wise, since you were talking about bucket list, making history, I'll be making some history for myself this year mm-hmm. um, coming up. And I have done some things, or I'm going to be doing some things that I never dreamt or even had on my radar or wanted to do. I've always wanted to go to Africa. And I've always prayed about, you know, traveling abroad. And and I've done some travel abroad. I just haven't done any in the last um, couple of years or last several years. Mm -hmm. And so um, on my vision board has been about travel, but Africa in particular um, and now I have the opportunity to go to Africa, but it's so funny how you pray for things and you say, okay, God, I want to go to Africa, make that happen for me. And God's <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to make it happen for you, Uh-oh. but this is how it's going to happen. Yeah. So y'all guess what? She's going to be running a half marathon what? Uh, in Africa at the, in Victoria Falls. Oh my gosh. Okay. That is bucket list. Wow. Bucket list. So I'm going to be taking tons of pictures as I'm supposed to be, quote unquote, running. Um, <laughs> now, wait a minute. Marathon. What is the quote unquote? You're going to be walking? You're going to be strolling? <laughs> I'm going to walk, run, slash stroll because I need to stop to take pictures. I mean, running through the falls? Come on. You got to take pictures of that. I need a Google Victoria Falls because I may be trying to hop on a plane and join you. Oh, girl. That is so awesome. So what brought you to this decision, Renee? So what brought me to this decision is I work for this amazing company now. Um, For those of you who don't know, I've been in the beauty industry for over 15 plus years. And I have been really struggling uh, within that arena of I know this industry so well. And I know the job that I do very well. So I was bored. I was not really happy in it. And I had been praying for a challenge and something different. And I just, and I wanted to do more. 
Um, and I just didn't know what that looked like or how it would be. And here I am. I was working for this third party company for, um, to represent a brand. And at the end of December, I knew it was going to be my last day. So the beginning of November, there was a job posting that I saw for a company, an organization, a not-for-profit called World Vision. And I kept saying, but God, I'm, my resume screams beauty. This position screams not-profit. He's like, I didn't ask you that. I was <laughs> like, but God, I don't know if I could do this job. He's like, yes, you can. Read the job description. Mm -hmm. I was like, but God, I'm not sure if this is the right thing for me. Renee, you said you wanted to do more. This is more. But God, I just don't know. He was like, you know about World Vision. And the reason why I know about World Vision is because my church, um, I started sponsoring a kid through World Vision uh, for, to get clean water for Af uh, in Africa. And what we do is we focus on that. So we're all about getting clean water and helping the less privileged uh, to get more things in the world, such as education and prayer and um, so they can sustain themselves and do well in their own, um, country. Yeah. And so those are some of the things that world vision does. And so that is the more part for me and it's a different part because it's not for profit. So being part of the organization, I'm able to go to Victoria falls, but I have to run the half marathon in order to do it. So wow. half marathon, here I come. Wow. Okay. Well, you and I will be, well, you're, you know, I have my race at the end of March. Um, so welcome to the race training club. <laughs> As Man. you get ready. I start, I started on my own last week training for the first time just to get myself used to going to the gym on a regular basis. And it's a struggle, but the thing that keeps me motivated is two things. One, knowing what I'm running for, which is for, to get kids sponsored for Victoria Falls. Yeah. So that's in July. And then the other is for the race that is happening. I'm doing a full marathon as well, too, in October in Chicago. And that's for clean water. So to know the things that I'm running for, that keeps me motivated. But my other thing that keeps me motivated is this dang on Apple Watch. It's like reminds you every time, okay, you need to get moving. Okay, you haven't made your daily, daily goal yet. Okay, you haven't done this. So that keeps <laughs> me motivated, too. I love my Apple Watch. We'll have to share activity status with each other so I can see what you're up to. Yes, for sure. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Um, look forward to following that journey of yours. And, um, okay, so let's talk about what is going on in the world today. Um, so I just got back from Seattle. And all while I was there, I was washing my hands and using sanitizer every five minutes because <laughs> the coronavirus has made its way to America. Yes, and, it has. and the first reported death was in Seattle, Washington. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yesterday. Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, that's the first reported death. There are... And they're saying this woman had been in South Korea for a few weeks. And I think there's one in California now. And that person had came from Italy. Um, so, whew, this virus. I'm like, listen, I was already a Lysol 
sanitizer, hand washing kind of girl. But it is scary. And so while I was in Seattle, they a couple of restaurants down in Pike Place Market had signs on the door that were basically like, if you are coughing or sneezing, we have a right to ask you to leave. We have a right to refuse you service. Dang. Mm-hmm. And they asked people, if you have cold and flu symptoms, do not come up in here. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. Don't do it. Don't come up in here. Um, and everybody wearing masks. I was like, listen, y'all can wear y'all mask all y'all want, but y'all need to wash your little nasty hands. Because that's how this thing is really spread. And then stop touching everything. So when you get um, from the bathroom, get a paper towel, open up the door, or use your clothes to open up the door. You don't have a piece of paper towel. If you are getting on the elevator, use your knuckle if you have to. Don't use your fingertip. Use your knuckle to press the button or get a piece of paper towel or or tissue or something and press it like that. Yeah. And on these airplanes, y'all need to start wiping down those dang on trays if you're going to use it. Because they don't clean those trays. They don't have time to go through and clean the trays. And don't be um, don't be scared to bring your lifestyle with you on the, on the plane. They got little travel sizes. Oh, I keep a travel size. And actually, that's on the back. If you look on the back of uh, that stuff, it has listed kills ver- coronavirus. So I know everybody's been talking about, you know, it kills 99.9%. You know, that's been on there for for years. And this is a virus that's like that. So I guess they're saying it's not a pandemic yet, but that the ultimate reason why a lot of people die too is if they have a weakened immune system, if they already perhaps have something else going on. Um, It is odd to me though, just how many people died in Asia. And I don't know if that was I don't know why it was so bad for them over there, you know, but I think the case that's over here, the Seattle person, I think they said it was an elderly woman and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that when you're older, you have a weakened immune system, but also it's sanitary too, you know, and you're right. When I was in New York city, I, um, I took the train over to Brooklyn when I was leaving Harlem and I immediately jumped in the shower. I put uh, my coat that I sat down on. I lice all my coat down, you know, because I'm like the germs on that train alone, virus or not, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, right. So everybody be careful out there. But can we talk about how dumb folks are, though? Have you been seeing that that note about how people are afraid to buy Corona beer because they think yes. it's <laughs> I'm like, seriously, people? You know, there are so many dumb people in this nation that it is hilarious at times and sad. Just special. Yes. Now, what on earth do you think? Because people just hear coronavirus. Girl, I got to stop drinking them Coronas. You know, you get a virus. <laughs> I just can't. I cannot. I can't. It's called Google. It's called CNN.com. And it's called Use Your Common Sense. Exactly. That is all we asked. 
Knowledge is power. (laughs) So I was in Target today and I overheard a lady saying, oh, they're out of hand sanitizer. So I'm like, I ain't got to run the Target for no hand sanitizer. I got so many under this cabinet, in my car, (laughs) in my purses. That's why I'm like, some of y'all been nasty. Because y'all just not buying hand sanitizer and carrying on so much that they're selling out of Target. And people wonder why, like, all my friends have always laughed at me because I'm a closet germaphobe. And I take that very seriously. I always have hand sanitizer or or um, wipes with me. You do. I always, I always, always, always have that. And not only that, whenever I travel... Even in my own house, my feet don't touch the floor because I do some, I take my shoes off at the door. But when my friends come over, I don't have them take off their shoes. What's on the, when you go outside and then you come inside, yeah. whatever you've been walking on outside, there's dogs, there's dogs don't just pee and poop in the grass. They do it on the um, ground too. And that's not to say that, that you're stepping directly in it, but you've stepped in something that's there. And then the bottom of people's shoes are just nasty. So if you're coming into your own house and you're walking with shoes and then you walk around barefoot, yeah, I'm going to need you. I don't care if you shower 10 times. Your floor, you don't do your floors every day and mop them. Then whatever you have worn on the bottom of your shoes is now inside of your house. Yeah. I wear flip-flops everywhere I go, even in my own house. <laughs> I wear flip-flops. Girl, I got on socks right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, be safe out there, y'all, from the coronavirus. Wash your hands. A good rule of thumb, they say, if you want to know how long to wash your hands, sing the happy birthday song twice. And that's how you know that you did good. And keep your hand sanitizer on you, Lysol, everything. And yes, good tips. Use your knuckles. Use your coat or your... Uh, sleeve of your shirt to open the door and use paper towels when you're coming in and out the restroom door and it's okay to drink Corona y'all so in between my travels I did have some downtime and I've been catching up on some Netflix shows and please tell me you are watching Love is Blind on Netflix Renee (laughs) Unfortunately, I have not watched it yet, but that is something on my list to do. Oh my God, please add it to your list. I'm not going to spoil anything for you or anyone listening. It is 10 episodes, but I was a little late to the game. So I know there are some Netflix shows that don't just give all the episodes up front that they drop like every week. And so this show is like that. So I guess it started maybe like around Valentine's Day weekend. And it is the craziest show. So if you are a fan of any type of like reality dating show, uh, Married at First Sight, um, things like that, The Bachelor, you will love this. So it's called Love is Blind on Netflix. There are currently 10 episodes That'll catch you all up because next week is the reunion show. But I was watching it at first and I was like, okay, is this not Married at First Sight? Because Married at First Sight is the one where they link you up with a stranger and Uh you get married and you move in together. And then at the end of eight weeks, you have to decide if you want to get married or divorced. So this is a twist on it. 
So these people all are in a house and this premise is you get engaged to somebody that you've never seen, but then you make a decision after the engagement, you meet for the first time, you go on like a little vacation, you move in together for two weeks, and then you have to decide whether you want to marry this person or not. Right. Exactly. To me, it's a little less extreme and less committed than married at first sight because that's like a for real marriage. (laughs) But this is like, okay, can you fall in love with somebody without seeing them? So I'm just like, okay, are they going to match them up? So this whole concept is they're in this house and there is like a portion of the house that has these little pods. And so you sit in these pods and you are talking to the other person across the wall. And you get to know them all through this. And so it's like 10 people. And you can say, today I'm going to talk to John. Tomorrow I'm going to talk to Bob. So they started out the first few days of like talking to different people. But then it was like, oh, I really loved what Derek was talking about. And then like you could request more time with Derek, et cetera. So you kind of naturally end up choosing. And then you spend these hours talking to them, but there's like a wall in between you and you can only hear the people. You cannot see them. Mm, I'm going to go with no for the win, (laughs) Alex. That's what I thought. Right. I was like, okay, well, some people will be like, "Uh, I don't know. Or they was cool, but you know, girl, these people was after five days talking about, I love you. You my soulmate. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with what is crazy for the win, Alex. <laughs> and the weirdest thing was like, you know, the way you chose the person is that you had to propose. So you would see these men like on the other side of this wall, like down on one knee <laughs> with a ring proposing to somebody they can't even see. Oh, no, ma'am. Yes. And they were like, oh my God, I love you. Like, this is the person. And okay, I, I low-key think it's fake because, and I think it's for entertainment value, clearly. A lot of these people, when you go and like look on their Instagrams and stuff, they were like wannabe models and, you know, personal trainers. I want to move to LA types. So, I mean, do I think that there could be love to come out of it for a few based on the fact that I've seen it all? Yes. But I don't think these people are really in love. They could not have been. So to me, it's kind of like married at first sight because that same thing happens. Like people get married. They don't love each other. They know that they don't even freaking know each other, right? But, like, after the eight weeks, some people do start to fall in love. So, I personally think these people knew they didn't love each other. And I feel like that's the part that's, like, played up. I mean, because how? I don't know. I don't know. I've never had that experience. But I know there are people who are, like, the first time I talked to them, I knew. Or, um, who is that? Latoya Luckett. You know, her and her husband never saw each other. And she said they started the relationship. He didn't even know she was Latoya Luckett. All he knew was Toya and it was a blind date hookup and she knew what he looked like though. But by the time that they finally met in person, 
they were in love. And she said it had only been like a couple of weeks or something like that. So that's what this show is trying to prove. But in the meantime, you got craziness. You got somebody choosing somebody only because the other person rejected them. You got somebody saying, um, oh, so there's a, a one person on there who is bisexual, but doesn't choose to reveal it until after he proposes to the person. Oh, no. Uh, that's going to be some entertainment. That's all I'm going to say. You have an interracial couple. You have a couple with like a huge age difference. And that girl may or may not be still liking another person that's engaged. <laughs> like, so it you end up getting addicted because of like the drama of it all. The drama of it all, as you would say. Um, it is just like intoxicating to watch if you're already into those kind of things, which I am. Uh, if you watch, oh, 90 Day Fiance, same thing. Like if you watch 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight, Love is Blind is going to be your jam. <laughs> I've never seen any of those, but I will check this out only because I need to find out what's going on at this point now that you've talked about it. So. So I need to look into this. Y'all better drop in the comments. Y'all better hit me up on Instagram at Toy Nicole Media if you have watched it so we can discuss. Because, like I said, I don't want to spoil it. Don't go to the Instagram account because it's a few spoilers on there. Um, but it's worth the entertainment. Do you believe they love is blind, Renee? Well, okay, so let me say this really quickly. Uh-huh. I back in the day when I was younger, I met someone over the phone. A friend, my best friend introduced us and was like, "You guys will make the perfect couple." I saw what he looked like and I was like, mm, "Yeah, I'm going to pass." But we ended up talking on the phone, hit it off. Um, I think he saw a picture of me and we talked for months before we met in person. Mm-hmm. every day until so we met in person when we met in person the chemistry was just so amazing like i had already fallen in love with him over the phone wow. so that that's what I mean, these... this was like months these were this was like months this wasn't like weeks or days this was like march four months yeah on the phone every single day and, um, and there was some of that there were, time. there were at least two or three people who weren't necessarily attracted to the person once they saw them, but, you know, still say yes to the proposal or whatever. So that's the whole thing. You end up at the wedding being like, okay, is this, so they basically get them to the altar and it's like, they either both going to say I do, or one is going to say I don't. But uh, there were people who dealt with that. Cause so basically they propose. And then on this specific day, as that part of the experiment is ending, they reveal each other. You know, and it's just like the wall comes out and they're like, here's who you chose. Then they all end up on this vacation together and they get to see the other people that they didn't choose. And the apartment that they move them all into, they're all in the same apartment together. So, so yeah, it's, that's why it's kind of like the bachelor too. Like you in the same house technically with people, because like I said, there were a couple of folks who had connections with other folks too, but it was like, they chose the other one. And it's a, like I said, it's one or two I, cute love stories that I have come out of it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I said it's one or two cute love stories that have come out of it, but um, definitely worth watching. So that's it. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I think it's somebody that I follow is uh, on that show. She has Glambitious. Uh, I think it's Glambitious that she does. It's her business. No, is she a sister girl? Yes. So only one sister girl kind of made it. Um to so my understanding is that several couples got engaged but they only chose five for filming so there's only one sister girl that's a part of filming and her name is lauren speed and she is a content creator but her brand is like a need for speed or something like that and she's she's in atlanta but yeah there were because someone did an article about it because they were like what about other couples because there were a lot of black girls on there like on the first like episode you see them um but only one brother and oh two black girls made it uh for like the major filming uh for after proposals so you got to see those so i don't know the other black girl her name is diamond so i don't know if that's her brand no i mean unless she's using an alias she was like a professional dancer so i think she may have danced for the bulls or something Oh, no, that's not her. This girl lives in Atlanta, too, and she has the brand. I think her brand is Glambitious. She probably just didn't make the uh, filming, but yeah, because they were based out of Atlanta. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll have to check it out, I guess. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my only little plug is to check out Love is Blind on Netflix. Okay. Well, (laughs) Y'all, we gonna check it out together. Y'all let us know what y'all think. Please. Um, and while y'all are doing that, we gonna talk about the last thing here, which is what everybody needs to do is, how are you voting? How you voting? So what's going on? <laughs> right, how you voting? Um, how are you voting in your primary? You can vote on, on primary day. You can vote by mail. You can vote early. If you're voting on primary day, you can go to votesaveamerica.com to find your state's primary date and your voting location. Add the date, location, and best time for you to vote to your calendar. Set a notification so you don't forget to vote. Hello? You can vote by mail. Check if your state allows this on votesaveamerica.com. Request a ballot from your county. If you need one, add a reminder to your phone. Um, to mail it back in before your primary date, fill out your ballot and get back in, get it back in the mail ASAP. If you're voting early, find the dates to your state, which offers all early voting on votesaveamerica.com. Find your polling place also on votesaveamerica.com. Make your plan to get there. You're on the phone. Put it in your calendar right now. Do it. Um, you could also vote online. So is that a trick question? I don't know. You can't do that. <laughs> you no cannot vote online. Vote online. No, that's what I'm saying. You, no, that's not a trick question. You can't do that. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Trick question. No, you can't do that. If you uh, if you feel for that, that's on you. But no, you can't vote online. You have to do it in person or you have to do it by mail. Um, and those are the only two ways that they are accepting that. So. Go vote, people. Your voice needs to be heard. And not just for the presidential stuff. Vote 
you know, cause a lot of this is the local stuff. And, um, so many people complain about things, you know, impacting them locally. And we just focus on presidential, but you need to be voting for all your local stuff too. Yeah, because the president has to get approved through the House and the Senate. Yeah. So make sure you're looking at these people for Congress that you're voting for and make sure that they allow, allow, align with your values um, before you go and put somebody's circle or whatever it is that you have to do to get them in office. Make sure you're doing the right thing in the right way. Exactly. Do your Yes, vote, vote, vote. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we do have the presidential election this year and that's going to be important. And one by one, they're dropping out. I just saw the announcement pop up on my phone while we were recording that Mayor Pete Buttigieg has officially dropped out after Joe Biden's big win in South Carolina, um, which I was surprised at because Pete won Iowa, but, I know since then, um, Bernie Sanders has won the last couple of state caucuses and Joe Biden won last night. Um, so I guess he's like, Mm-mm, I'm out of here. So that means we got to uh, figure out who we're voting for, you guys. Yeah. And make your voices heard. Vote or die. Oh, <laughs> That you know, they used, to have, they used to be a saying, it's like vote or you die, meaning that you what you believe in dies if you're not making a stance and if you're not using your voice, your voice dies. And that's how I see it. I don't mean like vote or literally die. Okay, child. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's extreme. Because there used to be a time where our people were trying to vote and ended up dead. So, yeah. um, that's let's not let's keep that in mind as well too that people fought for our rights even if it meant death um to vote and you know if you want a quick history lesson and some entertainment watch the movie selma because that was all about that um it was about making voting rights um in the south uh be uh, actually implemented because it had been passed but they were still finding ways to uh, not allow people to vote. And that is still happening. So I just finished, just this little caveat, I just finished reading Stacey Abrams' book, um, Lead from the Outside. And, you know, she made an unsuccessful run for governor of Georgia last year. But the biggest thing that came out of that was the voter fraud. And so even um, in the year of our Lord, 2019 and 2020, they are still finding ways to keep minorities from voting um, because she had a very big chance at winning. But in primary African-American neighborhoods, it was all kind of shenanigans um, on that day when people were trying to go cast their vote for what would have been the first African-American woman governor of Georgia. Um, and Everything from stuff not working, people being refused, um, you know, to vote and turned around, long lines that discouraged people because they had to get back to work, to people having issues with their IDs, um, all kind of drama. My boyfriend used to live in Atlanta and he was there when she was running and he ran into issues on voter day. And 
him being educated and knowing his rights and laws, like what I forget what he said that they were trying to tell him he needed. He knew better and he like persisted. But like he thought about all the people who would have fell for that and would have turned around and walked away. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it it is still happening, which is why it is a right that we are still fighting for um, and why it is so important. Um, But those kind of reasons are why there are so much issues with voter turnout, because people do feel like it don't matter. My vote's not going to count or, you know, I don't have time for the drama in the long line. So. Get out there and vote, um, both on a local level for the House and Senate and uh, for the president, because these last three years have shown us that it clearly makes a difference. Good Lord. <laughs> right. And on, exactly. And on that note, we are going to get out of here. So, you know, as always, Please drop us a review on iTunes and let us know how you are liking this podcast. We actually have a few new reviews. I was looking on there last week. So thank you all for adding in some more commentary. If you're not already, you can follow us on social media at Beauty's Banter. And if you have a show suggestion, would like to be a sponsor, you can email us at beautiesandbanter at gmail.com. And we will speak with you all in about two weeks. Bye. Bye.